everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Glad to have you with us. I'm Cassidy, and as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-hostess. Hello. This week, we are taking a break from our usual, which is mostly Marvel, some Assassin's Creed, and um, somewhat recently, the Percy Jackson series. Oh, yeah. But we're taking a break from all of that to um, make kind of our first foray into the DCEU with this week's episode on Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um, this is a fairly, I don't want to say old movie, but it did come out in 2017. 2017. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's been a bit, but almost five years ago, June 2017 is when I remember it coming out. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, sometime around then, definitely in the summer or when the weather was warmer. (laughs) I remember that much. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's an old-ish movie-ish. It's been out for a bit, but as always with everything that we put out just our usual spoiler warning slash disclaimer we are getting into spoilery territory so for those who aren't familiar with this movie or who haven't seen it just keep that in mind because as usual we blab about anything and everything we can think of and also as another disclaimer um i know there's like this debate on which is the better universe or oh. universe, whether it's the MCU or the DCEU. Let's not get into really that, guys. Excited. Yeah. Um, there's also this, I guess there's some, I don't know if it's controversy or what, but like there's some discourse, we should say, um, around certain directors. And uh, we're not here to feed into that discourse either. Any no, we're not. That we express are purely our own and are totally not meant to reflect a fandom or group of people at large it's just us yahoos expressing opinions <laughs> so with that <laughs> we hope you enjoy this episode and as always thank you so much for listening absolutely thank you guys if you make it through this whole thing because um while our opinions uh while we're not going to share an opinion on the dceu we are going to share our opinion of what we thought about um, the Wonder Woman movie because, especially because this came, this is the third movie that DC put out, um, especially after Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman. Um, and Cass and I have talked off recording at length. You and I, Cass, have talked quite a bit about what we thought of those movies, and we're not going to bring all of that in here. Um, but I do think that we can agree on the fact that this movie felt like a breath of fresh air after those two <laughs> movies. Um, so let's talk about that because I think Patty Jenkins has done such a phenomenal job of bringing Wonder Woman's story to life. And I think Gal Gadot has done a spectacular job of portraying Diana Prince. So let's get started because, oh my God, so many cool things about this movie. Let's talk about that yeah I mean there's a lot and I think like casting wise I feel like they could not have done a better job because it's like some actors just fit the roles they're perfect oh yeah and I think this is definitely the case yeah yeah, casting also Jason Momoa is Aquaman thank you (laughs) right yeah I mean like again some characters just like they just become some characters (laughs) 
yeah. I can't even talk. Some actors are just like so perfect for the characters that they play that it's like without them, the character is like it doesn't feel you, right you anymore. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think this is certainly the case. Aquaman, like you said, of course, too. Like there's so many, but yeah, I mean, I think especially after um a movie like Batman v Superman that's definitely felt totally very different and also like you said just like a breath of fresh air because it was it was very different and it was really like a like a solo super movie yeah super movie again I'm so sorry solo superhero movie okay (laughs) but I get what you mean for sure um and like that was nice because like Batman v Superman was cool yeah because I had you know two big superheroes on the big mm-hmm. screen together ish mm-hmm. um but together ish is right <laughs> i mean together isn't like they were on the screen together whether or not they were friends it's a completely different story that's but... <laughs> a different story like yes of course of course yeah yeah but this was just solely on diana and and you know her, it was kind of like her origin story so it's yeah. like nice to kind of get to see that aspect and not have to worry about like which side am i gonna root for like which superhero is gonna like resonate with me more and like that sort of thing mm. so um yeah i don't know i just i really enjoyed it and i know you and i think when this movie came out we were so into it that we saw oh, yeah. it multiple times yes. I think I must have seen like at least three times I, was just, I like, think so I went to the theaters two or three times to watch this movie I still remember it was really cool it was really cool it was yeah and I think like I don't know for me at least I don't remember especially because again not to like compare and like you really can't compare I think unfortunately comparisons are inevitable <laughs> and we'll try like apples and oranges um but i thought this this was so cool because like the mcu hadn't done a solo um female movie like of a female superhero yeah and that happened very recently uh, with black widow like yeah for sure yeah yeah so um i was really excited that like dc was kind of taking like the first step and doing that and i Mm -hmm. really again this is just I think our opinion we absolutely loved this movie yeah oh my god but, yes yeah I mean I think I remember watching it and kind of being blown away because I went in with like very low expectations oh true yeah because um, <laughs> yeah because DC I okay again like I said um, I think you and I have talked about this at length off recording. And again, I do not, I don't think we want to antagonize anybody. But quite honestly, Man of Steel, while good, did not, wasn't a good lead up to Batman versus Superman directly. I feel <laughs> like they, I think, I feel like the plot of that movie didn't spend enough time to make, to let us cheer for these heroes as much as it did make us think about why are they fighting each other, you know? Right. Like, yeah, and to be honest, that. I mean, I, the only reason I watched Batman v Superman was for Diana, because I heard, like, I watched it after it came out, and I heard that she was in it, and I was like, okay, I have to see this now, but also, I do think, like you said, it's, um, I think, personally, we kind of feel that, like, it wasn't a great build-up, just because, like you said, Man of Steel, like, that was one movie for Superman, yeah. and then Batman v Superman was kind of, like, the introduction to Ben Affleck's Batman, yeah, and the whole 
movie it's literally him fighting with another superhero so um i went into that movie thinking like i feel like i'm going to have to root for superman just because like i know more about him because he had a whole movie before this. exactly and yeah for sure. it wasn't as even so i kind of feel like or i would have liked i think like a solo batman movie before batman v superman yeah. just to kind of like i agree establish the characters and then by all means like have batman v superman or batman and superman versus like whoever you want but like i don't know it just felt kind of strange that like they decided we're gonna introduce batman mm. but it's gonna be him fighting superman yeah and like there was no like that was like the introduction to Alflex batman and like yeah that was just kind of it <laughs> I but know. Again, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, not this. Yeah, I know. It's it. It's weird. So that's why I think this movie was a breath of fresh air. And let's talk about how this movie starts because I love little Diana so much. She's such a precious baby girl, and everyone in Themyscira treats her as such. It's like she's their baby, and I love it. So let's talk about that because I love the setup for this because she's this little girl in this amazing. Uh, I uh, living in this island of amazing strong women, the Amazons, and basically they're they're fighters, they're warriors, and uh, she's the daughter of their queen. And for some reason, their queen is like is basically preventing this child from from learning how to fight. Uh, let's talk about all of that. Yeah, I mean, I think the intro was really cool, especially because, like you said, the the setup or like the way this island is is just there's a bunch of like badass women and they're highly skilled and they're doing all sorts of cool things. And I don't know, I watched it and I was like, sign me up if I can somehow be on the island, even though I'm like the least fit person in the universe. <laughs> I would love to get a like ticket to that mascara, but um, I don't know. Like that opening scene, like you said, was just really cute because you yeah. see like little Diana just like running around the island, and like the first scene is her like escaping from like an instructor. Which, yeah. honestly, I think it's like <laughs> I felt like that was really relatable because, yeah. um, obviously, our schooling environment is not quite like it's hers, completely but, different. Yeah, for yeah, sure. For that sure. desire to like sometimes just like drop everything and just run is is totally still there but no I mean it was it was really cool to see like that opening thing also I think I think if I remember correctly I think they shot scenes for Themyscira along like the Amalfi coast in Italy and it's just like a really pretty location I've never been there but (laughs) I mean it looks Um, beautiful in the movie Mm. right yeah it does and it's just I don't know just so pretty so uh yeah like the scenery the like action and all of that was just really cool and um I don't know also I feel like it just because like that that opening scene was so kind of endearing I feel like yeah you get to know Diana really well yeah I was automatically like I love this kid like I don't care what happens the rest of the movie like I am rooting for her a thousand percent yeah yeah I want to protect this baby at all costs that's what you're gonna say when you look at her which is what you want right from the beginning but let's talk about how Diana's so intent upon learning how to fight, but Hippolyta is like, no, you're not gonna, you, there's no need for you to. And she says that she wished for you so, she wished for Diana so much that she sculpted her from clay all by herself and Zeus gave her life. 
So let's talk about that and the story that uh, Hippolyta tells little Diana about how she had to go to war to free the Amazons and how that's not something that Diana should ever wish for. Let's talk about yeah, that. I mean, because I love the, the visuals for that. It was great. Those were great. Yeah, the animation for that was really cool. Like the way they did it was almost like 3D art kind of. I don't yeah. know how to describe it. That's a very bad description. No, that's no, but, <laughs> but it's um, close. It, but yeah. It felt like 3D art. I don't yeah. know how else to describe it. But watching that was really cool. But also I think um Hippolyta's story was really interesting because I think it's something that kind of sticks with Diana, obviously, like throughout her journey. Oh and yeah, for sure it becomes, I think, pretty important in the end, which we'll get to. Mm-hmm. Um, but without giving away too much, um, I think that story... No, really, I think this like, part of the story we can tell because this is not spoilerish. Like, literally, it's not. Like, she kind of says that Zeus created mankind in his in, in the God's image and basically man was good. But then his, one of Zeus's sons, Ares, was jealous of mankind and he poison mankind with hate and jealousy and rage and caused them to fight and Zeus to placate them sent the Amazons and unfortunately the humans mistreated these Amazons and took them as slaves so and and it, I love how the switches between Antiope who is Hippolyta's sister and Hippolyta's narration because Hippolyta is focusing on how not how to avoid war, but Antiope tells Diana, hey, that's not all of the story. Your mother led a revolt. She actually took up arms against these people to stop this mistreatment and everything. But but it's interesting to see how Hippolyta skips over that part and says that Zeus sent the gods to aid us in this fight against evil and he even trapped Ares by sending the last of his lightning at him kind of thing so let's talk about that because I like that juxtaposition that they put up there it's pretty interesting it is yeah and I think also like when you look at it especially in the early scenes because we do get more of um Hippolyta's point of view I think it's easy to understand why she was reluctant to tell Mm -hmm. any of this to Diana because early in the film Diana's just like you said a baby she's so young Mm -hmm. and she doesn't really need this kind of burden or I wouldn't say she doesn't need the knowledge but it's like she's so young and and I think the less she knows the better is her point of view I guess Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and I think Hippolyta is also just like that's her that's her daughter like you don't want your only child or or any kid regardless of whether or not they're an only child or not to like put themselves in harm's way or like Mm. take on something that's going to be a huge life-changing thing that could potentially end badly and so I think in this case Hippolyta is just very reluctant to kind of tell Diana but then also like you said the more Diana knew the the more danger she could potentially be in and Mm -hmm. so keeping her in the dark was also like a form of protection and in so, a way uh yeah let's talk about how she mentions the god killer and what diana thinks the god killer is because that becomes <laughs> important later on we'll talk about that but let's talk about yeah. how hippolyta is i mean upon re-watching you see hippolyta's 
expression when Diana asks her about the God killer. She's like, oh, oh no, she's asking about the God killer. What do I tell her? Kind of thing. Like, but then she literally shows her, shows Diana a sword and the shield. Um, and basically that's pretty much, uh, it, it, I like how Hippolyta is like only the best of us ever could. And I hope it's never ever used. I don't hope there, I hope there's never a day where any of us has to use it, but you're safe. You don't have to worry about doing any of this. This is not on you. Just, just stay normal. There's nothing else you need to do kind of thing. But Diana still wants to learn to fight, to train, to be like the rest of the Amazons. And that need in her isn't quelled. So and Antiope being Antiope just helps her out any way she can. So let's talk about those circumstances because I like the scene that it leads up to, but let's talk about that because I like how Antiope is like, I look, I understand and I love her just as much as you. She is my niece. I love her. But the thing is that she needs to know how to fight. It's the only way she can protect herself. And I love how Hippolyta, after listening to that, she's like, in this, in that case, train her harder than anyone you've ever trained. She needs to be better than anybody, even you. And you're my best general. So she needs to be better than you. So train her that much harder. So let's talk about that. Because, again, it must have broken her heart to see this happen. But then to make that decision and say, make her better than anyone else here, better than even you. That's that's got to be crazy. So let's talk about that. Yeah, I mean it's it's a big ask because I mean, like you said, Antiope is her best general. Yeah, she's he's like like warrior gold, man. Like, dude, come on. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't. You don't become Hippolyta's general, or I would assume any Amazonian general, without like a crazy amount of skills and mm-hmm. dedication and training and oh my god, yes, for sure. So, Mm-hmm. for her Hippolyta to tell Antiope like you're gonna train her but she's got to be even better than you like yeah. that again it's, it's a big ask but mm-hmm. yeah I know I, I love that scene too because Antiope is totally like into it she's like yeah of course I will mm-hmm. and she does and, and I think the cool thing too is like earlier in the film you kind of get the sense that like some of the people are kind of I don't want to say scared of Hippolyta but you know Hippolyta is their leader Diana's her daughter so it's like yeah. how much can we get away with like how far can we push her mm-hmm. before you know it's it's like deemed like disrespectful or like yeah exactly or whatever because um even though you know they they the Amazons have like a different I guess governing system than like non-Amazons do um maybe certain things would have still applied but Antiope is just like no like I'm gonna push her it doesn't matter whether or not she's like our leader's daughter and like she just she does she pushes Diana she trains her well trains her hard and um it's you, worth in, it in, to mention that Themyscira is it's in is in its own bubble because I think <laughs> Zeus basically makes this island invisible to normal humans to keep them safe from Aries, basically. But yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Antiope trains Diana super hard and 
the the whole montage of her beating Antiope's uh, uh, general uh, Antiope's soldiers one by one. It's really cool to see. Like it was really cool to see, right? And then there's uh, there's the whole clash with Antiope herself because that's her challenge now. That because like you have to beat the meanest, baddest general and the person who trained you. And that's that's a task. So let's talk about that. And let's talk about what happens because Diana inadvertently does something that she never expected. So let's talk about that. Yeah, I mean, that like that kind of final testing was really cool because mm-hmm. it's a bunch of different um I guess types of, of fighting skills yeah. like there's archery, archery. You know, there's close range combat long yeah. range combat all head and combat so, everything right yeah. so like I think it really kind of tests Diana's skills but also just like as a scene to watch that was really mm-hmm. cool because yeah. um you you get to see Diana face different Amazons of mm-hmm. course you know different of different and calibers different and everything right. yeah exactly um so yeah, that was just like really cool to kind of see that at this point, obviously she's grown a lot and mm-hmm. she's mastered enough skills to take on all these different ty- types of Amazons, like whether they're archers or like, you know, um, melee range type mm-hmm. warriors, that sort of thing. That was really cool. But then um, the, the bit with Antiope was also really cool because I think it's it's a good reminder and something that Diana kind of gets again later on in the movie that mm-hmm. fighting unfortunately is not always fair oh yeah um, and a battle and will a never where... be fair yeah exactly mm-hmm. I yeah that right. was... and and there's like that bit where she's faced off against Antiope and it looks like she may have just gotten the upper hand and she kind of looks to Hippolyta who's watching on the sidelines yeah. for approval and Antiope kind of exploits that momentary that one like... moment yeah right yeah and and she kind of like lightly chastised Diana and she's like you, can you expect never let the your battle guard down. to be fair never let your guard down yeah exactly yeah right and so um it was really interesting to see that like even then Antiope was just like not letting up and I think it, again it, it was like a good reminder because as cool as an island like this is it, I don't think it's a good model for what happens in the real world because oh, obviously the Amazons not. are not fighting yeah. against each other. Mm-hmm. Like they're not going to war amongst themselves. They're training together. And they have like, a code and everything. They probably have a code of honor or whatever, but not everyone's right. going to abide by that, right? Exactly, so, yeah. And so things. I think Antiope was just trying to like prepare her for like different scenarios. And unfortunately, outside the mascara mm-hmm. in the non- I guess protected world um fighting is unfortunately not fair and people do fight dirty uh, and they mm-hmm. use a lot of like underhanded tricks and things like well, that of and course. so I think yeah. Antiope was just trying to prepare her as best as she could and like this is that one instant where like Diana was just again it was like something that anybody would do look to their parent for like approval or recognition or like pride or, or anything like that yeah and, look I did this kind of thing you know right, yeah yeah exactly and Tyve just kind of used that as like another teaching moment like hey that's great that you're doing that but mm-hmm. you can't do that on the battlefield because yep. any opening your enemy can exploit and like, they will it. yeah exactly mm-hmm absolutely and then diana's one movement the bracer movement 
like causes a ripple. She has never done that before. And it literally knocks Antiope off her feet. And, and that's kind of interesting because she's shocked at what she could do. And, and she needs a minute to compose herself. And this is where everything starts rolling. Uh, the plot starts going, basically. Because she goes to this place uh, or the cliff uh, or cliffside which always reminds me of the cliffsides in odyssey because damn you look over the aegean which is so beautiful again i i just can't it's amazing oh my god it's really pretty <laughs> yeah it's very pretty but then the, and then she sees something really strange a plane crashing into their little bubble and into the sea and again, every time I see that swan dive that she does into that into that ocean or sea, right from the edge, it's really cool to see. I have to say, like I cannot. I I love it. Let's talk about that and what follows, because I feel like most people if they jump from that height, they probably die. Oh <laughs> I would <God>. die. <laughs> I feel first of all I wouldn't be brave enough to jump oh but god yes if I was like pushed or if for some crazy reason I did jump I feel like mm-hmm. I would just be flailing and not <laughs> diving in gracefully like she did yeah but anyway well um, yeah that, that's we've seen really Cassandra cool and Lara and uh Diana do these things <laughs> and Cora oh my god even Cora that's one dive that she does Oof. damn it <laughs> I, we have a thing uh, I think we have a type but okay but that's for another time <laughs> Go on. Uh, no, <laughs> we do have a type, but no, I was just going to say um, that watching that one, watching that spawn dive was really cool because again, I could not do that. I know. Uh, you could not pay me to do that either. <laughs> but to just like watching Diana kind of react to, to seeing this plane, yeah. it's almost like there's no hesitation from her. Yeah. Like when she realizes that it's going down, she's like, her first thought is like, oh my God, I have to help anybody. this person. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, and I thought that was really nice of her because I feel like anybody on Themyscira would be like not touching that with a 10 foot pole or like 10 mile pole, like just leaving that yeah. where it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but her first instinct, maybe because she had seen it happen in real time, it's like, okay, I have to go help whoever this might is. need it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also like, I think part of it was also like the, the thrill of it like this is her first and curiosity yeah exactly yeah yeah it's like her first real encounter with something from the outside world um because themiscara is protected like you said and it's Mm -hmm. hidden from most people but this it is i think whoever this pilot was crashed in there accidentally basically Mm -hmm. yeah right and so um i think it was as much like the desire to help as it was a curiosity and to try to I think it was a mix of both like you said Mm -hmm. I definitely agree so yeah I mean just again just watching that swan (laughs) dive dude we have a type okay like I have to say we have a type I (laughs) 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 just saying but I know what you mean um Anyway, uh, because it and and then let's talk about because this brings us to the setting of the movie and this is and we find out that it's set during World War One, 
And this guy, this pilot, has been followed by angry German soldiers. And unfortunately, they find out about the barrier and are led straight into Themyscira. And this causes a conflict, a conflict that's like nothing they've ever seen because these people are using guns and and the Amazons don't have that kind of firepower with them. And unfortunately, whatever this altercation is, it leads to Antiope's death, unfortunately. And this is not cool because I know we've only known Antiope for a very short amount of time, but she was super cool and not good, man. That, that it, it, felt, it, it hurt watching her die. Yeah, I mean, especially I think because she's so close to Diana. Yeah. Um, and you, you, like, you get to kind of see her training Diana through the years and then mm-hmm a lot of that is reflected, like a lot of Antiope's work was reflected in Diana's kind mm-hmm. of trial with mm-hmm. the other Amazons. Mm-hmm. And then you see it again when like the Germans um, find the mascara and storm the yeah. beach. And yeah. the Amazons, like you said, don't, um, they don't have the, the, the same weapons. Like they could be the most skilled people on the planet, but unfortunately a bullet is still so much faster than like mm-hmm. a spear or like an arrow. Oh, of um, course it so is. And it, there's no way to it, deflect like, it. Like with, unless you have a really strong shield, I mean, which I guess they do, but it's still difficult. Your armor can't withstand bullets, right? So mm-hmm. that's, there's, yeah. there's that, yeah. Yeah, but watching that scene with Antiope was really sad because you you do see how much she and Diana mean to each other. And then also the way she goes out is so bittersweet because yeah. um, she does die, but like she she dies saving Diana because some guy yeah. was aiming for Diana. Who yeah, had exactly, exactly. And, uh, it, again, Antiope was like doing that one kind of final like lesson sort of thing. Like, yeah, again, I told you the battle would be fair. No, I told you. Right. Yeah. But also, despite, like, the Amazons kind of taking on a number of losses, mm-hmm. they do kind of... Route not the kind enemy. Of it. Yeah, they yeah. do. But also, that scene with them initially charging to fight the Germans mm-hmm. was so cool. It was. Um, it's just, like, a bunch of women on horseback with, like, really cool weapons. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, as depressing as the scene ended... The, like the opening bit of that scene I thought was really cool yeah <laughs> and I like, agree they're so skilled like I mean I'm always every time I watch the movie I'm astounded by like the stunts that some of those women yeah. did like riding on horses and like picking up stuff off the ground while still right to the horse like just their legs that's crazy yo. Yeah. yeah pretty cool stuff really that was really cool but yeah um and then they take Steve and then they take this pilot prisoner basically right uh and they try to question him let's talk about that questioning scene because i found it really interesting because they had the lasso of hestia let's yeah, talk it about was really that funny yeah 
yeah what I love is just like it's like neither side can kind of really believe the other yeah like so Steve Trevor who's the the pilot that they pick up is just like completely confused by everything the Amazons are saying especially Diana um and none of them can believe that he's not there for some ulterior motive and he's just like no I just happened to find this place I'm not really trying to do anything or tell anybody about this Mm -hmm. it's just I like crash landed here and I'm here now yeah (laughs) and all the Amazons are like okay but what's your real motive and why were they after (laughs) you why were all those people (laughs) after you right and also I think like that's one of the downsides about them being uh so isolated that like world war one was a huge event that like Mm -hmm. touched so many different corners of the globe yeah most of europe right mm -hmm. yeah yeah and like they're just in like their own protective bubble and they just have no knowledge of it whatsoever Mm -hmm. and so um that that bit about steve trying to explain was um the casualties yeah yeah yeah, that was like it was just i I don't want to say funny but it was like funny in the sense that it's like, this is a huge thing. It's like, it, you know, like when people are like, what rock have you been living under? Like that yeah. kind of applies here. Cause it's like, you have to be under a rock or like literally. To not know. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and that literally is the case with these people because mm-hmm. again, Themyscira is just isolated and mm-hmm. they don't really want or need to leave the island. And so for them, it's like the, the outside world is like, whatever, we don't really care this is our island and we're going to stay here because this is part of our job, like protecting and then like, you know, doing certain things, but it doesn't involve going out of the mascara. So um, all the Amazons just stay there, but Steve is like, there's a huge war. Like, how do you not know? So um, it, it was funny in that way. Not so much that he was explaining casualties, but funny and just like, they the literally rock are, are you like living under kind rock. of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree. That bit, it was interesting and it's interesting to see how Diana takes the news of this war because she after um after the that whole thing interrogation thing happens she basically tells her mother that this has to be Aries you told me you told me that Aries would do something like this and he's doing it right now and I like, I I found it interesting how this was juxtaposed uh, by Hippolyta by saying that that was just a story that I told you when you were a child. That's not how the world works. And even when Diana is like pleading with them to let, um, let someone not to, not her didn't have to be her but someone or some of the amazons go help hippolyta flat out refuses so let's talk about that because i think her reasoning for that is interesting let's talk about that yeah i mean i i like you said i found it really interesting that diana was like anyone can go it doesn't have to be me um but again i i think I think as much as Hippolyta may sort of see where Diana's coming from and agree with uh-huh. her, again, at the end of the day, regardless of how old Diana is, that's her daughter. and That's her baby. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, it, setting aside everything else and, and kind of ignoring 
you know, Diana's destiny and all of that. At the end of the day, no parent wants to lose their kid in like war or in a fight or anything like oh, that. So I think yeah. at the bare minimum, Hippolyta is just very reluctant to let Diana do anything that might potentially put her in danger, no matter how exactly. old she is. Yeah. Um, but I, I do like that Diana's like, she kind of understands where her mom is coming from. And I think to a certain extent, she does respect that. But she's also like, I need to do this because. Which obviously... is, yeah, exactly. Which leads us to her conversation with Steve Trevor, which is where she tells him about the mascara, about how she knows different languages and how she understands uh, how uh, how she thinks that someone has to go with him to this war to put an end to it because that's what she believes and I really like how she starts slowly understanding her power here not much but she does because she's basically like okay I have to go get the god killer and that's when we can make our way out of here uh, there's no reason for them to keep Steve Trevor. They can just send him off on the uh, send him off on his way, and he'll never find his way back to this island again. And that's pretty much it. And I love how she finds her power, like the 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 way she climbs that tower and everything, and how she gets that cool costume. I really love it. That was really cool. Let's talk yeah. about I mean, that. Just watching her like attempt to like because she, she's like on a cliff and like it looks yeah. like the the tower or the building that the sword and the shield are in mm-hmm. it's like it, it seems like it's almost like a mode or like at any rate there's some sort of like ravine between where diana is yeah. and where the actual building is so watching her bridge that gap was really cool but then watching yeah. her initially climb it too was also very cool because for like a second she falls but then literally just by like punching a like handhold in the wall she's able to kind of save herself and then she like repeatedly does that to get in like to climb higher and get in which was so cool Mm -hmm. because again it was probably so much upper body strength and I am just so in awe of everything Gal Gadot and like all the other cast members did for this movie because some days I feel like getting out of bed is like painful (laughs) (laughs) and it's like oh my whole body aches and like meanwhile like I know it's a movie but like some of the stunts that they did it's just like I can't even get out of bed with like I don't know like my arm hurting or like my toe hurting sometimes absolutely or like you know doing all sorts of crazy stunts on horseback and like on wires and all of that so yeah it's amazing absolutely so yeah, absolutely. You are absolutely right. That scene was super cool to see. Like, uh, I mean, especially if you watch in theaters, really cool to see. But I do love the conversation that Diana and, and Hippolyta have before they leave, before she leaves. She's like, um, uh, Diana's like, I, I have to go, mom. I really do because I, uh, I cannot uh, I cannot stand just wa- stand by while innocent people are in danger. And Hippolyta asks her to stay, and then Diana's like, "Who who would I be if I stay? I can't. I can't stay." And Hippolyta's like, 
she knows she can't stop her and I love the line that she uses she's like you've been my greatest love and today you were you've been my greatest sorrow just be careful in the world of men they don't deserve you it's just heartbreaking you know yeah Yeah. especially because I think what makes it really hard is that once you leave you can never come back. Diana yeah. explains like no person ever finds them a scare choice. Yeah. And it seems like unfortunately mm-hmm. that applies to Amazons too. Yeah. So I'm sure it was really hard for her to give up everything. Yeah. For, like, everything she's huge known. Class. Yeah. But, um, I, I also think it was so cool to see that she felt so deeply about this kind of cause or mission that she was like, I need to go because if I stay, I'll regret it. But mm-hmm. if I go then like even if I fail at least I failed knowing that I gave it my all or like I did my best or something Mm. like that so um I just thought that that was really cool that um even knowing the consequences of like what would happen if she left she still decided that this is something she had to see through Mm -hmm. because like the the potential reward or like benefit of doing this would kind of outweigh any risks or any of the consequences that yeah um, and it's just how resulting. deeply she feels about it I feel like <laughs> I feel like that's how that's the kind of person she is I and I'll, let's talk about the banter that she Diana and Steve have <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of funny because it was hilarious. Steve, is, Steve is skeptical about uh Diana being able to stop whoever is the cause of this war because she firmly believes that it's Ares doing this and he doesn't know how to say that that might not be the case so he's like I hope you're right then and then the whole scene about them talking about you know marriage and sex and all those things is kind of funny actually PG-13 guys we're keeping a PG-13. <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of funny. No, it was really funny. But also, I mean, I don't know. I kind of got the sense, at least in the very beginning, that Steve was just kind of like humoring her. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, yeah, sure. Aries is totally in charge of all of this. And he was just kind of putting up with it because yeah. she was giving him a way off the island. Yeah. And obviously he had pressing matters to attend to. And so he was like, I'll do anything. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and he, this was like a way for him to get out. So at first he was like, yeah okay she might be crazy but like at least she's getting me away off this island but like the more you know the more time they spent together and like the further yeah. they progressed together like distance wise mm-hmm. um you know diana just like never gave up on this like aries thing and so i think oh, God. at a certain point yeah. it's like all right well either she like really believes this and she's been like indoctrinated it by something or someone mm-hmm. <laughs> or like there may be something here that i'm yeah missing. and it's not um, my place to you know shatter her belief system just now so I'm not gonna talk about it kind of deal you know right um but yeah that was also another thing that I appreciated that like at no point was you just like there's no worries and like just stop it yeah. or like anything like that you're just kind of like well you know if that's how you want to look at it then maybe or like sure but um yeah he didn't really tell her 
like yeah. explicitly multiple times like just dropped everything he just kind of like rolled with it but then yeah watching that conversation <laughs> where he was like trying to like he, he was assuming that I guess because Diana had lived a more sheltered life she wasn't mm. aware of certain things and she yeah. was like very matter of fact like oh I've read all 12 volumes of like this and that and like I know all these things <laughs> and I just I love the bit where she's like they're they're like you said talking about like you know sex and pleasure and things like that and, and yeah. she's like oh you wouldn't like certain things but like I know and he's like well try me of course like I can take it and she's like well, well. And there's a whole bit about how like men are not needed <laughs> um I forget like, the exact wording but it's like no no I don't know the exact words but basically it meant that their men are essential for procreation but for pleasuring Not yourself pleasure quite unnecessary yeah. and yeah. steve was like what <laughs> he's like i beg to differ and it's like i don't know it was just kind of and just was just like it's nah, I, I don't is this what the book yeah. said dude i'm not saying anything you know <laughs> yeah. and i love how abrupt that conversation is too because she's like they're, they're talking about that and like there's just, like a moment of silence yeah. and then she's like well good night <laughs> i'm like that's where the conversation ends <laughs> so awkward i would have loved to see like steve's kind of internal monologue oh my god night progressed cannot compute what <laughs> pretty much yeah and let's talk about Diana's introduction to London, right? Because she's she's new to these things. She sees a baby and she's like, oh my God, how cute. Look at that, a baby. And then it's all like, and Steve's like, no, no, no. You can't just walk up to a baby like that. And then she sees two people <laughs> holding hands and she's like, why are they holding hands? Because they're together. So she holds his head. Like, We're not together. <laughs> it's so Oh, Diana, you precious being. I would love you. I would love you forever. (laughs) Yeah, I love the, like, because again, I mean, she's lived a very sheltered life on Themyscira, and their customs are very different than, like, you know, European customs. And so when Steve was like, oh, they're together, she took that to me and, like, two people walking together or, like, being together at, like, a point in time or, like, all of that. And he obviously meant, like, romantically or whatever. Yeah. They're together. And so (laughs) for her, it was just, like, a no-brainer. Like, oh, yeah, if everybody who's together... Everybody does this. It's cool. Let's do it. Because, like, we're together. Yeah. Yeah. We're just holding hands. We're together. (laughs) It's okay. He's like, we're not together. (laughs) Yeah, but I love watching like flustered Steve trying yeah, to like, oh my god, you know, kind of like bring, bring her up to speed on like what passes as etiquette and what doesn't, and yeah. like what yeah. in London because like Diana's also just like in full gear, and like you know she's 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 in her outfit and yeah. it's amazing, but oh like yeah. you can't walk the streets like that or, I mean. I don't think we as viewers would have had a problem because like Wonder Woman's costume is iconic. It is iconic. But I actually, I mean, keeping with the time, you can actually see how voyeuristic some of those guys were and how Steve is like trying to be respectful. Like, I see yourself, (laughs) gentlemen. Thank you. He's just trying to... Which is, I I mean, okay. I'm trying to keep with the times. I get it. But it's also kind of sad to see as well. But I know I know what they were trying to do there, which is nice. I mean, it's 
uh, it's realistic at least that's what I can say at that point unfortunately but yeah mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> and I also like how she's trying on dresses because she's like I think this thing is choking me <laughs> I don't like this <laughs> How do you fight in these? She, her, she's so practical. She's like, I can't fight in this. I can't do it. If you want me to fight, I, I can't do it in this. It's, a, it's, it's funny. So let's talk about all of that. Yeah, watching her try on dresses is really funny because there's one bit where she's like, she, she tries on, I think, a very high collared dress that's yeah. essentially like yeah. the Victorian equivalent yeah. of like yeah. a turtleneck mm -hmm. and she's like it's choking me <laughs> and and steve's assistant at a candy is like can't they blame it <laughs> and i was like what <laughs> um also shout out to lucy davis who plays etta because she's yeah. hilarious and also i was very surprised because the last thing i saw her in was, was pride and prejudice. prejudice yes you know? and was um, she mariah yeah, she was uh, yeah. Mariah Lucas. Yeah. Um, and, and and so like seeing her as Mariah and then seeing her as Etta, I thought was she was a young cool girl thing. then. Oh my god, yeah, how yeah, sweet. She was younger. Yeah. <laughs> but um, mm. yeah, I mean just watch it. Also, like Etta just has like some of like the best lines. Like there's oh a bit where Diana comes out in, in her kind of like disguise outfit and Steve's like, Miss Candy, the whole point was to make her like less noticeable. <laughs> And he like shows his hair and glasses, uh, and she's like, and then really she's like, specs, and suddenly she's not the most beautiful woman you ever see. Look, Anna, no one's gonna blame you. Everyone's a little gay for this woman, okay? I, no one's gonna blame you. I'm sorry. I mean, you're not wrong. She's not wrong. But like, I just love her bluntness. That like, Steve just gave Diana glasses, and he's like, I mean, like, I feel like everybody agrees with Anna. Like, you like. You can put glasses on anybody, but in the real world, that's not going to fool anybody for a disguise. Well, like, it fooled everyone in Metropolis. Yeah, because nobody knew Diana. But like for us as viewers, like none of us were fooled. <laughs> I know, um, I know. But no, again, I just, I just love. I know what you mean. Bluntness, where yeah. she's like, suddenly she's not the most beautiful person you see. Yeah. <laughs> um, he has good singers. Like he has good singers. <laughs> she does i have to say there's also that bit where like she was explaining her duties to diana oh my god um, and, and she's explaining like what she does as steve's secretary and diana's just like without missing a beat she's like where i'm from that's called slavery i like her <laughs> yeah and i know just like yeah i like her <laughs> and steve's just like we're not getting into this <laughs> but it is but like that like... so the pay is very good okay <laughs> yeah and then also like when steve comes back to like check in on them he's like where is diana and she's like oh she's currently trying on outfit number 247 yeah i'm like how did you get her into one to 246 <laughs> like i'm very curious because i don't even have the patience to like try on one <laughs> i'd be like if it looks fine and it's roughly my size yeah it'll probably fit <laughs> i know but like i am very impressed that Etta got diana Dude, to try on the patience of a saint <laughs> patience of a saint okay that's all i'm saying about that you know like holy shit. oh my god yes exactly um and then let's talk about the incident where uh she where steve and diana make their way to the British army base, basically. Um, and they're being followed. So let's talk about that. 
Yeah, I mean, I love so many things about that. One, just Diana trying to leave that like shop or place or whatever it was where she was trying on dresses yeah. and her trying to navigate a revolving door with her sword <laughs> and shield. Yeah. Was, I found so funny. Um and and I don't know, I just loved how Edda was like, no, no, I got this. Let me take it. And Diana's like, guard it with your life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> reluctantly hands over her sword and shield. And at first Edda's like, yeah, sure. But then like she notices, you know, a, a dude following them and then she starts mm-hmm. like start turning um yep. and even Steve, i mean i don't think that guy trailing them was very subtle yeah <laughs> like, he wasn't um I, that was probably the point that like i guess part of it was like to warn them to like hey just like remember we're following you we're telling you like that sort of thing but um and they were looking for alley, something that steve had stolen yeah from too. from the uh german army or german intelligence mm-hmm. But yeah, exactly. But the alleyway fight was really cool because I love how Steve is initially like trying to protect Diana. And then, you know, of course, Diana ends up saving him. Yeah. Yeah. But I love like the the kind of like funny moment where the one of the goons shoots and Diana deflects the bullet with her bracer. But Steve thinks he's been shot. So he's like going through the motion. Screaming like, yeah. What? Okay. And just like, yeah, he just like stops. He's like, oh, okay. Okay. And then and then he just like steps back and lets Diana like just have at it. And I just thought that was so cool that he was like, well, yeah. clearly she's more capable than I am in this like confined space. So like, yeah. So I'm not gonna do what you gotta do, kind do of thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I mean, again, I just I I love the, like the fight scenes in this movie. I know I think not everybody was a fan of them i actually liked them <laughs> no the, um, those were pretty well done uh yeah exactly yeah i mean the alleyway one too is really cool just to see like uh in like a really kind of confined space to see how like diana was able to just like obliterate these guys oh my god but unfortunately i think the last guy that they were trying to like squeeze he information from he takes a cyanide himself. pill yeah, yeah exactly yeah. Yeah, to like avoid you know passing on information to the enemy. Exactly. And so, unfortunately, they're kind of back to square one. But it was like a cool moment of like mm-hmm. showcasing what Diana could do, even though she's not on her home turf. And yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Everybody who kind of like knows her, who's trained her, who's helped her, and it's literally like her on her own with just her skills and and you know her training and, and and all of that so um yeah that was really cool and also I think wasn't this the first time that we see her use the loss of truth as like a yeah weapon yeah we do yeah, this is the so. first time we see her use it it was pretty cool um yeah let's talk about the scene at the British army base because we see <laughs> Sir Patrick trying to a guy named sir patrick trying to make a point and women aren't allowed in there and and it's a very sexist time unfortunately um yeah women aren't allowed in there and steve is like oh it's okay to stay outside Uh, we'll, we'll deal with this kind of thing and let's talk about how diana is so i love her in this scene where she's like um, it, it, where Steve is like, I found this diary, by, uh, which was written by Dr. Maru herself, and she 
and you need to decode this and he's like i don't and all these people are like we don't know these languages and dan is like ottoman and sumerian surely someone here knew that you i mean like, all of your intelligent people you mean, sure someone here knew that <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> it was so funny and I just wanted to say that she like wandered into the room a couple times and like yeah. every time these guys were staring at her like they had never seen a woman before I know um and then and then Sir Patrick was like later he was like joking he's like oh thank you because that was the first time in such a long time the room was quiet enough for me to talk like that yeah. type of thing yeah <laughs> so that type that of really thing funny. again yeah, props to David Tholis like... props to David Tholis for his portrayal of Sir Patrick I will have to say yeah anyway yeah, let's talk about that because, again, this leads to a really cool scene because they find out that they've, they're developing a new kind of gas that would basically render their gas masks useless. And it's a really delicate situation because they are on the verge of signing an armistice, which is basically going to like, like a ceasefire of some sort, basically some sort of agreement with the Kaiser. Um and the commander of this army is just like we can't be seen, uh, but we can't be seen sending troops into German-occupied Belgium when we're trying to sign a peace treaty with them. It would be like an open declar- declaration of war. And then Steve is like, "People are gonna die if we don't do something about this." And this general's like, "That is what they do." They're soldiers. It's their job to do that. And Diane is so furious at this. And righteously so, because she watched her aunt die along with her soldiers. And for her to watch this general be so callous with the lives of his soldiers is kind of like touched a nerve, I can say. So let's talk about that. No, I think that's a fair way of putting it. And also, like you said, it is just like, unfortunately, a really callous thing to say and a mm-hmm. kind of uh, stupid outlook because, yes, mm-hmm. I mean, they're soldiers and unfortunately soldiers do die. But like, I don't think very many of them going into that sort of occupation thinking mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm going to die. And like, that's what I'm looking forward to. Like very few, if any, I would imagine do that. And so to like think that, um, you know, they have such little like, or at least this this one kind of high-ranking official has such little regard for them is again very concerning. And mm. I think, like you said, Diana was right in thinking or in reacting in the way she did because I think, unfortunately, that that's just kind of like the mentality that mm. these people have developed, and they've kind of just gotten complacent about it, where they're just like, "Yeah, yeah that's a thing it happens. Like, what can we do?" And she's mm. just like, "You can do more than just sit on your asses and like talk about them like this. Like, come on." And um, I, I think for for them, she's definitely whether they want it or not, a breath of fresh air. Oh yeah, for sure, absolutely. And then I love how Steve's like let's just get out of here but then he later assures her that they're going to do something about this anyway i love how she's like you were lying were you you were lying to them then how are you not lying to me right now and then he has to use the lasso of hestia to tell her that no i'm not lying we're really gonna go because the the lasso compels anyone to tell the truth so it's like this is a really bad idea but we're going anyway it's kind of funny 
Um, and then he takes her to a bar to meet up with his buddies so that they can form a sort of coalition force to go to the front where they need to go. So let's talk about that because uh, his friends are questionable at best, but uh, interesting characters. Interesting characters. So let's talk about that. Yeah, there's Charlie, who's a sharpshooter who kind of has a drinking problem. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, it, it's only a problem in that, you know, it's, it's I, I think it's like a response to his PTSD or like a side effect of it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a medical professional, so I'm not going to like diagnose anybody mm. or say yeah. it's a diagnosis. But, yeah. um, you know, there's a, a couple of hints throughout the movie that he's he's got some form of like PTSD or, or something like that. And so it seems like his drinking might be a way to kind of ignore that and not feel that so much. And then uh, there's Sammy, who I think has the funniest introduction with Diana, where she's just like yeah. speaking in different languages until Diana speaks in one that he doesn't know. <laughs> like um, in ancient Greek. I think she starts <laughs> reciting Socrates in ancient Greek. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's just like... What? Uh, I'm sorry. What? One? Yeah. Um, and uh, and then there's Chief, of course, too. Who I thought was really cool that there was like a Native American character, which um, who we'll in... meet later. Uh, but yeah, exactly. I love right. how Diana's very subtle about not wanting to prove herself. She doesn't need to, but then she ends up having to do so by breaking up a brawl that Charlie is in, which is kind of funny <laughs> to see. And it's. It's really interesting because um, there's this very particular scene where they're making it to the front where she sees the effects of war, like wounded soldiers returning home and all those things. And she says, all she can say is it's awful. And Steve is like, yeah, it really is. Um, And... I like how quiet she is about it and that it makes her feel like her mission is that much more important now. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where they meet Chief, who's a Native American, like you said. Again, really cool to see that. And really cool to see the conversation that they have with the, uh, that she uh, that she has with Chief because they talk about a lot of things, especially uh, the how uh, Chief is not siding with anybody in this war, and how mm-hmm. she and I like uh, it's interesting the Chief's outlook on this was just to say the last war took everything from my people. I have nothing left, and who did the and Diana's like who did that to your people? And he looks at Steve sleeping for me, he's like his people, and it hurts to see because it's so true. It's like, oh my God, that is a really difficult subject to tackle, but it's genocide, man. Yeah. Like, it was literal genocide, quite honestly. I mean, Mm -hmm. wow. Um, Ouch. Yeah, I mean, they they acknowledge it, which, you know, I I think it's like one of those things where I guess would be nice to have more of like an emphasis on it, Mm -hmm. but... um, also you know unfortunately movies or any sort of you know media like that tv Mm. whatever there's a limited runtime so it's hard Mm. to kind of 
you know, expand on, on certain things that you want to expand on or that should be just expanded on. And I think like, that's one yeah. of them. Um, but yeah, it was really interesting to see them have that conversation, but also I think it was, it was um, very interesting to like watching Diana react to all the information that um, she, she's trying to like process, especially because uh, when they leave the meeting of like the generals and stuff and you yeah. know they're trying to plan this covert operation yeah. sir patrick comes to them and he's like and i'm not really the, here yeah um yeah but, like what do you need here's some money to get you guys started like if i were younger i would totally do the same thing too and so in a way it's like he's giving them approval and then this is like the reality of it that like he's giving them approval but like it literally means approval to go out into the war zone where like people are dying and and you know it's not as I think, um, I don't know how to put this because it's war is never bright and a war zone is never bright, but I think mm. Diana may have had some preconceived notions about what it would be like on the front. Yeah. And what she saw was probably a lot worse, especially because again, on Themyscira, there's no like, there's no war of this size or scale and like the Amazons aren't fighting amongst each other like that. So it's, you know, her, upbringing was very different and and you know the place she was living in was very different compared to the world now and so she's yeah. really unfortunately seeing like the worst of it on the front um, oh my god you know, like For dead sure, bodies, dude. people hunger, yeah. poverty like just displaced people like families and and, and all yeah. of that and so um it, it's a lot to take in and it i'm sure to her it must feel even stranger that like a government official has like endorsed this that like Yes, here's the of innocent people exactly <laughs> yeah and right. and this is a lead up to one of my favorite favorite scenes of this movie like oh my god i had chills the first time i watched it right because <laughs> like holy shit such good build-up because they're at the small german town and they're crossing into no man's land right and it's just helpless because there's civilians there who are like desperate and crying and just displaced from their homes and they're basically like all of us are suffering here and then Diana feels so deeply for them and she's like we have to do something and then Steve is like adamant about this he's like no this is not what we came here to do and I love how Diana's line to that was no but it's what I came here to do and she just goes out there and I'm like if you weren't screaming by this time you will now I swear to god you will start screaming and cheering because holy crap so cool so cool to me it's so wild that like executives saw that scene and thought let's cut it from the movie because again i'm totally with you i thought it was like one of the most iconic scenes i've ever seen it made this Um, movie it made it especially like when you consider like you know like the the kind of like detail and symbolism that went into it like uh diana has antiope's like badge or something which it then becomes the tiara yeah exactly and like then you know you you see her putting it on she's got like the shield strapped to her back and like again just like the the, like the coolest way she's just like no but it's what i came here to do yes oh my god chills man like like, straight into no man's land and everybody just kind of like gaping at her like what (laughs) and um i also love like the the reaction from like the germans because like their the reaction was like shoot some more 
and this yeah, is not me condoning yeah. shooting or violence in any way but I just yeah. thought it was hilarious that it's like you see a person walking on to like this kind of semi-restricted territory and your yeah. first instinct is like let's shoot her some more and then ask questions like <laughs> like I mean I feel like I would have been like first I would be like what are you doing oh my god and then, like yeah. I would have asked questions first and then you know I mean I went to shot her or anybody but like that uh, moment this movie just became great when I saw that moment like that it was I think the coolest bit of the movie just like the, the way it was also filmed like it was yes. kind of in slow-mo just like seeing like, the bullets come at her and then like Diane deflecting them deflecting them and, and then, then like putting her shield one, down just, like, in front confidence. of her and just yeah. like dude shout out to uh I mean, I don't know. I, I don't care if she's listening to this podcast or not. Alice Zheng, thank you so much for making that piece of art. It is iconic. I will never forget it. it. Like, beautiful. Damn it, that whole facing the fire thing. Like, oh my God. Like, just... Mm-hmm. Mm. It's so I mean, good. That scene was amazing. Also, so yes, Alice Zheng's art yeah. is amazing. Uh, I don't know that we can do plugs, but... I mean, no. I don't know if we can do it. I'm like, I don't know how many people are listening to this, but yeah. if you're not familiar, please check out Alex. Amazing artist. Amazing. She, she has done so some cool. amazing, amazing Wonder Woman oh my God. pieces. And I'm lucky enough to have a couple of her prints. Um, and yeah, I mean, her art is amazing, but also, again, that No Man's Land scene was just Iconic, phenomenal. Dude. And like, it's yeah, just... and then like the way he just kind of like transitions to into like the fight yeah. in, in the next town build is just so amazing. Oh my like, God. You yes. see Diana just kind of clear the No Man's Land area. And I also yeah. know, like this very small bit, it, it's very kind of like blink and you'll miss it, um, especially the first time you watch the movie because there's so much going on. And um, my focus was just like entirely on Diana that the first time I watched the whole man's scene, yeah, I was like, of oh my god, I love her. Yeah. But there's a bit where like the the British officers or like the the I guess allies are like watching her do this and yeah. the commanding officer is like, hold nobody move, like you're all staying here. But they're watching her and then of course take you know, it all Steven on herself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then they're watching Steve and his friends go and help her. <laughs> and then at some point they're just like screw the commanding officer. We're just gonna go help her anyway because she's pushing them back. And yep. um it's like there's like this wave of like British soldiers just like going after uh, like following Diana and I just thought that was really cool <laughs> but the, the fight in in Veld 2 was also just really amazing because um yeah. I think that like both the no man's Land scene and then that following scene are just like really good examples of Plus how the Wonder Woman theme playing again like oh my god yes yeah also I know like we were I remember talking about this with a friend of ours when the movie first came out and mm. we were discussing the use of like the slow-mo oh, and I yeah. never really thought about it but I actually didn't mind it in this movie because I felt no. like you were mm. it, it made it seem more realistic because you could kind of see how she was like attacking how she's deflecting somebody them and more right. movements yeah, yeah I know like yes there was probably more slow-mo than there really needed to be and I don't really think well. I'm a fan of slow-mo but in this mm. Um, it just seemed to work because like I felt like it just kind of made it a little bit more realistic and it wasn't just like she was knocking people all over the place without any sort of like real thought to like how that would look yeah Um, so yeah I liked that aspect of it but yeah hearing like the iconic Wonder Woman theme oh my god yes you know the, the fighting and then just watching um like that last bit 
in the fight at least where you know there's like a sniper in a tower who just like yeah and you know, charlie is unable to take that sniper down but then yeah, and like steve does a move that diana knows from like the mascara yeah, yeah. and diana just like launches herself at this giant and then tower just charges and just... into the bell tower like holy <laughs> shit man how cool was that like yeah. oh my god so cool <laughs> I love it. I love it. It was great. Oh my god, so great. Like they have <laughs> like again, this part of the movie just elevated it, you know? After the scene, this movie was like, yes. Yes, thank you so much kind of thing. <laughs> but let's still there's still more to be discussed about the other side here because uh the general for the German army, Ludendorff is working with um, Dr. Poison or Isabel Maru, who is basically concocting all these dangerous weapons and gases and all these things to rout out the uh, opposing army and everything. And it is this little contingent, it is this Steve's little team's job to find this general and put a stop to whatever they're doing, basically, right? And um. And while they're receiving a hero's welcome at Beld, that's where the iconic picture is taken and everything. They're trying to figure out what to do about this general and all those things. And the general in the meantime is actually facing roadblocks by himself because the German army is on the verge of giving up because they're losing people and ammunition and rations and all those things. But this guy's not ready to give up. So he basically kills all of them, which is kind of yeah. crazy. So let's talk about that too. Yeah, one, that was a dick move. But two, it also, in a really weird way, um, reminds me of Horizon Zero Dawn, where Ted Ferris right? kills all the alphas. Right? Uh, only, you know, in, in, in that case, I think he was pretending he was a martyr and like he was doing it for the greater good. In this case, I don't think Ludendorff. I well, think Ludendorff he, he would consider he himself a martyr, good, but, but, um, yeah. but he's not. Yeah, I mean, he's murdering not, I would, wrong. So, would we <laughs> say, like, can we say anyone is as bad as Ted? Uh, I mean, I think Ludendorff could be as bad. Could be. Uh, I mean, he, he basically just wanted to prolong war for the sake of just like achieving yeah. a victory that yeah. may not have even really been possible oh agreed. and also like the way the the generals were kind of framing it was like victory at what cost like already we're stretched thin our people can't support this, sustain this. yeah exactly. And, yeah like you know our economy can't sustain it like you yeah. know the, the stuff that we had at the beginning the resources that were available that you know helped us kind of start this war and then continue it or drying up like we just we mm-hmm. don't have anything so peace is in our best interest yep. to ensure like the long-term survival of our people of our country yep. all of that yep. stuff and yep. Lundorf was just like screw that I want war <laughs> and, and and he just goes around murdering people in cold blood because I mean that's kind of who he is um, yeah but yeah I mean watching that was just not it was not it was, fun, but obviously, fun. I mean, Ludendorff gives you a good not... insight into Ludendorff's character, you could say. Yeah. And it's interesting to note that Diana thinks Ludendorff is Aries, basically. Um, and he, she thinks that killing him would solve all their problems. 
And let's talk about that too, because their plan is to now infiltrate a party that Lundorf is in. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, so that so that uh, they can get more intel and do what they need to do. But Diana has her own agenda to kill Ludendorff. Mm-hmm. And while she fails at doing that, it is unfortunate to see that Ludendorff had a demonstration that killed the entire population of Veld just for a demonstration, a weapons demonstration. And that basically causes some sort of disillusionment in Diana completely. So let's talk about that because that really hurt to see. Yeah, I mean, the disillusionment part was like, yeah, that part was rough, you know, hearing about or like seeing that whole thing kind of unfold where, you know, Ludendorff makes this demonstration and then it's just like a total waste of life because those people were innocent. They did not need to die, but he was just, he felt like they needed to because, or maybe not even he felt like they needed to, he just wanted to, demonstrate some fancy new weapons to prolong yeah and he didn't yeah he didn't didn't think it was important yeah exactly Mm -hmm. exactly so again it just kind of like you know that callous disregard for life which is so annoying in characters and certainly very annoying and disappointing in him but also um just really quickly going back to that the bit about Ludendorff Scala there was Mm. a really cool scene or funny scene where Diana is trying to infiltrate and you know Steve's left her outside he's like stay here I'll be in and out and yep. then she sees I don't know if it's Ludendorff's wife or some noble woman some trying noble to enter woman. the party yeah, 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 and yeah. she like it's like sizing her up and that lady's like what are you doing and like the next scene you see is Diana wearing that lady's dress <laughs> with like the sword stuck in her back yeah. uh, as like a ornament and also to hide it so that was really cool and also I remember seeing the cutest thing when the movie came out there was like a social media post mm-hmm. of I think a, a little boy I think his mom had like taken a video or taken a picture of this little boy wearing like a, a, a like makeshift dress Diana had worn with like a cardboard so cute I know I just thought it was the cutest thing ever so uh yeah, I just I, I loved that scene, and then I loved seeing I all the aspire to be whatever you want to be, kid. Good for <laughs> you, you know. <laughs> if you want to be a warrior woman wearing a dress and a sword, be you. <laughs> like yeah, right. yeah. Definitely, definitely. That was really cool, but the disillusionment, uh, really sad. I know. I know. So yeah, the disillusionment not so fun because like, uh, I mean, it's really hard to see because like you said, you made a really good point that it was a needless waste of life, but I don't think Lutendorf even saw it that way. I don't think he cared whether or not he saw it. So, and Diana's really mad uh, at this whole thing and she's like, they were killing children what kind of person would do this and she's really disillusioned by this whole thing and Steve finally coming to trying to tell Diana that that's not the case you can't just be a god of war the people are shitty and it doesn't work that way but he can't bring himself to tell her that and he's like he tells her where he's gone so that she can follow him and do what needs to be done um and Let's talk about that confrontation scene because she does end up finding Ludendorff and killing him. But 
the war doesn't stop the way she thought it would. So let's talk about that and the actual reveal because I thought that was seriously cool. So let's talk about that. It was, yeah. Um, also, I think, I don't know, I think for all her uh, skills and stuff, I think unfortunately Diana had a different view of what war actually is compared to what it was I think she thought if she caught Ares and killed him it would be like a magical kind of or like almost like an instantaneous sorry instantaneous <laughs> um effect where it's just like you know that the war just just magically stops and like everybody stops fighting everybody suddenly friends again yeah and and everything kind of goes back to the way it was pre-war yeah. but unfortunately that's not really the case like regardless of how individual soldiers may feel Mm -hmm. you know war continues fighting continues and it's not just like as soon as one leader is dead um or like one commander is dead everything stops there's always somebody to kind of you know fill up for like you know take over vacancies and and things like that until maybe a specific side yeah holds or or surrenders but Mm -hmm. um it's not like a magical thing I think unfortunately that's what she was hoping for and maybe what she was expecting too so I think watching her kill Ludendorff like that fight scene was really cool oh yeah Um, Mm -hmm. and 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 just watching the way she did it um you know was was really cool the way she like uses the lasso and, and and everything but unfortunately it doesn't really get her what she wants or what she thought it would um, yeah exactly yeah and then and then watching her kind of like like try to figure it out and then all of a sudden you see like sir patrick there and it's and like at first it's like before we see sir patrick let's also talk about that scene with steve because that's really important to preface because this is where he literally says Maybe it's not, I mean, I wish I could tell you that um, uh, number, uh, that there was some particular person to blame, but it's not. We're all to blame. We're all fighting each other because we can, and at some point we want to. And I wish that weren't the case, but that's how it is. And then she's so disillusioned by it. She's like, I'm not to blame. I didn't start this, so you're going to have to finish this without me. And then Steve has to go out to stop that shipment of bombs uh to from you know going off the ground because their plan was to bomb london and some major european cities i think mm-hmm. and this is when sir patrick appears so let's so let's talk about that because i it's an it's an interesting message to send especially with steve said but it's also very true and and then Sir Patrick was the, would be the last person you would expect to see there, but he's there, and you'll and to uh, to finally find out that he's the one who's been Aries and who's who's basically just been pulling these strings all along. Wow, what a reveal, right? So let's talk about that. Yeah. I mean, as far as reveals go, that one was was pretty cool. But also, I think just going back to Steve for a second, I think mm-hmm. Steve has a lot of really good lines in this movie. Yeah. Um, there's a bit very early on when they're on Themyscira, like right after he and Diana have like met and he's kind of like recovering yeah. from his like plane crashing incident and all of that. She's like trying to figure out why he's doing this. And he's, yeah. he tells her like, well, um, my dad used to say you can 
do nothing or try something and I already tried nothing so yeah uh I thought that was yeah that was pretty cool that was pretty cool I think like a good way to kind of frame his motivations for the rest of the movie Mm -hmm. um but yeah no the, the whole bit at the end where he's like kind of trying to tell her like I like you said I wish I could tell you that there was somebody to blame or like one specific person to like point the finger at and like Mm -hmm. eliminate and then everything will go back to normal but the truth of the matter is war is an ugly thing and it's affecting both sides both sides are to blame you know it's it's very messy and and all of that and then I think just kind of watching Diana process that was really interesting because again I think that's very different to what she expected I think she Mm -hmm. thought like it's just Aries who's controlling all these people and the minute he's dead everything will go back to normal which unfortunately is not really the case because it's not just Aries contributing to this war like he may have manipulated people as well of course kind of course stoke the flames and then keep it going but it's not like if Ares hadn't intervened war would have been avoided or like it just wouldn't have happened like, it would have happened eventually home. you're absolutely right dude yeah it would have yeah, happened so eventually think, yeah watching that like watching Diana process that bit was really interesting because I don't think she ever thought about it that way until mm. she had that conversation with Steve and until uh Sir Patrick is revealed it's like yep the, the big bad um and yeah it was just again really interesting like the way they set it up and like the way they framed it and all of that because I think we as viewers obviously you can guess at a certain point that if it's not Ludendorff it's got to be yeah. somebody else mm-hmm. uh I think like you said Sir Patrick also seems like the least likely candidate so right sometimes the least likely person usually ends up being the one <laughs> So um, it's true for me. It was like equal parts surprising. And then I wasn't Mm -hmm. surprised because like, yeah, of course it was him. Yeah. Um, Again, props to David Thillis for his portrayal, man. Like so mm -hmm. good. So well done. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, my God. But yeah, watching his whole interaction with Diana was just really interesting because um, he, he kind of has this moment of like, trying to convince her to join his side or like yeah. join his cause and there's a moment I think where like Diana's wavering and she's like because she's again she's just like kind of disillusioned by this whole thing and and I think she's just like not really yeah she, she he basically shows done. her a paradise and tells him that tells her that without human beings this is how the world could be and I can mm-hmm. and you and I together can bring this back and Diana's just like for a moment I think she considers it but then she's just like I can't be a part of that ever and that's when he actually shows the full extent of uh his power and she basically tries to kill him with the sword she believes is the god killer and it just disintegrates (laughs) right I love that line too at the end where she's like kind of reacting to it and just like oh the god killer it was never a sword it was always you and like that reveal of like her finding out that yeah that she was she she was that instrument that it was her (laughs) all along oh my god and again the battle that ensues is crazy and in the meantime steve is trying to get into the plane that's holding all those hydrogen bombs that are set to go off and it's really sad because um, there's this moment where Diana's down and Steve comes to her in a mo- and after having had a moment of clarity and, she, and he gives her that one watch that he has and he just leaves. You don't hear anything then, 
But then there's a moment where you see him point a gun at the bomb so that the plane that he's in can just detonate right there and take him with it. Mm -hmm. And Diana can't do anything. And that's when she hears it. She's like, and I, the line that he says is, um, I can say, I can only save today, but you're going to save the world. It's okay. I, I, and, I, and he tells her that he loves her and just leaves. It's just so heartbreaking, you know? Like, it was, yeah, especially because, like, maybe if that, so he's on a plane that is like, hundreds of feet in the air and he detonates it in the air so obviously it doesn't destroy a city or anything but like maybe if he had been on the ground maybe diana could have gotten to him in time possibly yeah it would have been a long shot but like Mm -hmm. potentially maybe uh it's a big maybe but you know when she's like down on the ground and he's hundreds or thousands of feet up in the air there's no way um Mm -hmm. and so yeah that scene was like really bittersweet to watch because you see a plane go up and obviously you see diana's like visceral reaction to that oh my god yeah you see like the the flashback of that little moment with steve where he's like giving her the watch and he's telling her I wish we had more time and he yeah. he loves her and then yeah that really awesome quote of like I can save today but you can save the world and like yeah yeah it was just I don't know that quote man <laughs> I know right so cool it was so cool but then ah oh, that whole thing with that fight with Ares is really cool because Ares keeps telling her that you can't defeat me look at your this is what you're trying to say this the type of humanity that basically hates each other and is so vicious towards each other and he takes Dr. Maru as an example as well and in that moment <laughs> Diana's just like yeah they're everything you say and more but that's not uh, but that doesn't but you believe the worst in them and I don't it's not what it's not what they it's not about what they deserve it's about what you believe and I believe that they deserve and I believe that we can help them and I believe in love and that's it's just so cool I just I love that it was really cool and she finally uses like um, right before that there's like a bit like during the whole fight with with Aries and, and you know Steve's off doing his thing there's a both Charlie uh Samir and, and Chief where they're like fighting because they're you know trying to back up Steve and allow him to get on this plane but yeah. like, there's a bit like where they run out of ammo and they decide all right we're just gonna you know mm-hmm. one last kind of big stand and we're gonna go out yep. you know in a burning place of glory or whatever yeah exactly yeah and um you know it, it I think that also kind of you know goes against what uh Aries was trying to say where it's like yes they you know humans can be mean and Mm -hmm. and they can do terrible things in the name of like different causes justice whatever but then you also have moments like this where it was like three friends who were just like all right this is the end we're gonna make one last stand together and like and do what's right exactly right yeah oh my god yes there's that too and so um but yeah I think you know as much as Diana's also like you know been disillusioned by this whole thing Mm -hmm. like she says I mean they're 
everything that Aries has said isn't wrong, but there's also so much more. And then like you said, Aries yeah. has just chosen to look at like the worst aspects of humanity and mankind yeah. just because that's like, you know, that's kind of what's fed his like goal or cause or whatever. His anger and jealousy, um, everything. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. But um you know, Diana obviously can can see that. And I think she can understand that, like, yes, humans are messy and they can have this darkness within them, but like that's not all there is. Mm-hmm. And there is something in humanity or mankind that makes it worth saving. So yeah. like, watching her come to that realization and like watching her toss that huge tank was really cool because uh Dr. Mara was also just like running. <laughs> she was like, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> I don't know what she's gonna do, but I'm leaving. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna book it. I need to get out of here. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, honestly, you know, given everything that happened up to that point, it would have been so easy for Diana just to kill her too. Yeah. Uh, Because you know, unfortunately, she's no saint either. She's done terrible things. But Mm. um, like Steve said, I mean, both sides have done terrible things in the name of justice or um, whatever. So it's not. I think as black and white, maybe it's. Diana wanted it to be in the beginning yeah for Um, sure but yeah but anyway I mean like watching that whole fight scene with Aries at the end was um again just a really cool scene and also I think another good showcase of like Diana's strength and her powers because uh like Aries is like throwing everything he can at her and then like after a certain point she's just like yeah this is just like a regular Monday for me like what's next (laughs) (laughs) goodbye um, (laughs) yeah it was pretty cool cool. yeah Yeah, like the way she she like kind of like absorbs all his like lightning uses his own lightning against him yeah she does it was just really cool really cool actually Uh, just the way she's like goodbye brother yeah goodbye brother that was pretty cool pose and everything yeah yeah it was really cool again can you tell we love this movie, guys? Can you tell? <laughs> it was really cool, man. I mean, yeah. Yeah, um, we, yeah it we was definitely, really... Like, I feel like anytime we talk about this movie, we'll just like... Yeah. And this scene, and this scene, and this scene. Because <laughs> we, we really enjoyed it. And it was really I think fun. It's probably one of my favorite. I mean, I can't speak for anybody else. But for me personally, it's definitely one of my favorite movies. Super. No, it movies. is because Patty Jenkins did such a good job of bringing the story to life. And again, props to Gal Gadot as well for, uh, you know, breathing life into Diana Prince's character. Because wow, so cool <laughs> and so well done. Um, and I like the message that. Diana sends at the end she's like and um, I'm gonna be there this is my mission now Uh, and to save humanity to spread uh, to make sure that they're safe and everything which is really cool and she follows through Mm -hmm. with that forever as long as she's alive and that's awesome to see you know I, I love it that is a superhero story so like you know great start to Wonder Woman amazing movie we both you and I both loved it and guys if you've stuck with us for this long and listened to us rave and rant about this movie thank you we appreciate you and go ahead and watch this movie again if you want to because I'm pretty sure that I want to again (laughs) at some point for sure 
Um, and with that, we will end this podcast. We will be back next week with another episode. Uh, have we decided on what we're going to be doing next week? Just in there's there's so many cool stuff. Multiverse of Madness is coming out. Moon. Knight, oh my god! Yeah, finale season finale. Uh, so yeah, there's a ton of stuff. So I think yeah, I think we're gonna timing. switch back to Marvel for a little bit yeah. for the next couple of weeks. I'm thinking. <laughs> Because I'm going to be, I'm lucky, I, I was lucky enough to get tickets to Multiverse of Madness for tomorrow, so I'm going to go watch it. Um, uh, so when are you going to watch it, Cass? Uh, I don't know. It's a good question. Maybe I've already seen it. <laughs> Lies. Uh, no, I haven't seen it. Uh, maybe in another multiverse I've seen it. I don't know. <laughs> of course. But- I mean, again, there, there's just so many cool stuff. So mm-hmm. um, we, we, I think we're, we're still debating which one to post next yeah, week. Yeah, but... I think we'll, we'll think about it, but we'll definitely be, be uh, we will definitely be back next week. Sorry, can't talk. <laughs> we will definitely be back next week. Thank you for sticking with us. We appreciate you. We'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Thank you. always our lovely theme song is water lily by the 126ers the nerdy podcast podcast is available on anchor spotify and google podcasts and you can follow us online at nerdy-podcasts.tumblr.com or at nerdypodcasts.wordpress.com